the next one to me. <laughs> um, I took the click from me. Well, I think I know what I was saying in the beginning. Uh, I've shortened uh, I've shortened the introduction considerably since we're now in week 11, and so if I had to go through all the 11 weeks, it would take uh, quite a long time. So the introduction is going to be more like this. This is what we've gone through, and uh, I would encourage you, as uh, as able and other people have done, is if you didn't get the book, you can get it for very relatively cheap uh, as an ebook on some kind of device that you have, and just to consider the things that we've gone through. And so we started with the whole thing of sharing a common life, a little bit also what I was talking about before. What we share is all of us, if we believe in Jesus. We share that common life with one another because we share life with Him. Then union with God, we are in Christ. If we believe in Him, communion with God, like Kani was saying, we can actually spend time with God. We can, He actually wants to. It's still a fantastic sermon He had uh, about... We are created to be with God. He still desires that for us. Fellowship and community, spiritual fellowship, partnership and gospel. We have our spiritual gifts so we can use them together in the community, sharing our possession, supporting our local mission ministry. Last week, the fellowship of suffering, and now today, the fellowship of serving. Which we've also had just a little bit of a glimpse when Susan was up here saying about she was so happy that she could serve with taking care of the kids and Kaleen mentioning how she was so encouraged by you guys and how you served us but also the people that came to the Thanksgiving. So we kind of already into that. Um, so the, the author, whose name I keep forgetting, uh, he's called Jer Jerry Bridges, yes. um, he uses this verse as a, it's actually a little bit of an interesting uh, verse because if you look at your Bible that I just forgot down in my seat, it's okay. Um, it's fine. Uh, he is actually really upset and he has just called, he has just, it's one of the more funny, well, I don't know, depends on your sense of humor, it's one of the more interesting verses. He has just called for the people who keep saying people should be uh, circumcised, that they should just emasculate themselves, which means cut off the whole thing. So I thought that's kind of a little bit interesting introduction to this part, which I seemingly doesn't really have so much to do with that. With that. Or then again, a little bit, because he does say, for you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use the freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Um, he has a very interesting quote. He says, the concept of servanthood is basic to the biblical practice of koinonia. That means that all the things we've been talking about, all those things, one of the most basic things we need to do these things is our understanding of God 
but also our understanding of what it means to serve one another. But let's uh, start at the beginning. Most of us come into this world screaming. Help me! Feed me! Uh, so, so we come into the world totally opposite. Like we, come, we, could, we do not come into this world as servants. We come into this world screaming. It's all about me. Help me. We're, we're helpless. We need somebody to help us. To, uh, to take care of us. So we are, yeah, we're born the opposite of servants. We need somebody to serve us. I was just reflecting as I was doing this. I really cannot remember ever thanking my mother for feeding me, for changing my diapers, for providing a place to stay, or giving me food, or taking care of me when I was sick. All the things my parents did for me, putting me through school, scout trips, sports trips, and the way they disciplined me and parented me. I never really thanked them through that. The interesting thing is that most parents, they don't even think about it. Most parents, they just do it. Why? Because as parents, it's our duty. We know that's what it means to be a parent. We serve our children because we are parents. This is quite interesting when we contrast that, then what does it mean to be a Christian? When we become a believer in Jesus, it is now our duty to serve God and our neighbor, one another. So it's not, it's not so much different. The interesting thing, the, in, or the interesting thing is also, but the child is that greater than its parents? No, it's not. The child actually needs the parents. And this is also where it's different to be a Christian. And we see that in that picture that, that in the world, and we're going to talk about that verse, Jesus comes to it. In the world, it's the powerful people that have servants. But in some aspects of our lives, we know that the people that are in power need to serve. Because the children, for instance, cannot serve themselves. Even also thinking about these women that are caught in sex trafficking. They need somebody to serve them. Because they're slaves. They need somebody who's more powerful than them to come in there. The guy in the book has some great examples. He talks about a guy who's actually pretty, pretty rich, pretty rich, and he has a car. I think it's car, car he deals. And so somebody asked him, "What's the most important thing?" He says, the most important thing is that I serve my employees. Um, that's a different attitude that the person who is the strongest in the organization would serve the people that he works for. I'm pretty sure that was a good place to work for. 
a different story, and it has a lot of a different twist. But I think I want to share this that there had been two Christians that two Christians had uh, had had uh, had had come to a man's house, and they were continuously trying to witness to him. And then the one of the guys he leaves early one day, and then the the guy was like they were kind of arguing back and forth, and he. The guy that they were trying to talk to, I think he had a different background. Um, he might have been coming out of a Muslim background. So they were arguing back and forth. And so the, the guy that had just left was, was in the world's eyes more powerful. But then as they were going back and forth, he said, at some point he, he breaks in and says, but that guy that just left, the last five weeks he's been cleaning your bathroom. And the guy was shocked. And he said, tell me more. Now I'm ready to hear. That somebody that was more powerful than him would come into his, his house and do the worst task that it was in his house. It opened that man for the gospel. Um, and now we can even come to the one that I just talked about. Uh, it's another great context where this mom, where John and James' mom has been <clears throat> asking Jesus to make them the most powerful people in the coming kingdom, that they could sit on the right and that uh, could sit on the right and left hand of Jesus. Now the mother doesn't have a clue what that means, and neither does James and John. But the, they, they, nonetheless, all of them are like, "Yes, we want this." Then, then the disciples, they get mad. So, and when they heard it, they were indignant at the brothers. But Jesus called to them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great one exercise authority over them. It shall, not be, it shall not be so among you, but whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, what is Jesus saying here? Well, the point is that here, Jesus is saying, I am serving you. God is serving us. In Christ's kingdom, the powerful and the great serve the people that are weak and lowly. And we see that even more in the next, in the, in, in the next verse. That the night before Jesus' death, he serves the disciples by washing their feet. Now Jesus could be doing a whole lot of other things that night. He knows exactly what's going to happen the next day. He could have been... Uh, I think I'm going to take some time on the couch and just relax because tomorrow is going to be pretty difficult. But he doesn't. No, we hear John here writing. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from the God and was going back to God, he rose up from the supper Try to, try to just imagine this. I don't know, maybe close your eyes and imagine what is happening. Jesus is about to go on the cross. They're eating together. 
And now he gets up from the supper. He lays aside his outer garment, he takes a towel, ties it around his waist, he pours water into a basin, begins to wash the disciples' dirty feet, and wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, he returned in his place and he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I just want to say one thing. Uh, just... Just uh, knowing, Jesus knows. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what is what the whole plan is. He's so confident is in what's going to happen. He knows who he is. He knows he's the greatest. He knows he's the only way to salvation. He knows all those things, and therefore he chooses to serve. The question for me and to you is, when's the last time I or you have washed somebody's feet? And so maybe you also guys know that this has not actually necessarily anything to do with washing people's feet because it's not so bad this, this, uh, nowadays as it was in that time. But when is it that you have chosen to stoop down and help somebody who really needed help? Also when it was stinky, uncomfortable, and not necessarily something that you would like to do. Now sometimes, sometimes I try in my head to say, okay, how can I illustrate this? I don't know if it's a good model, and I'll try to explain what I was trying to do. I couldn't find any PowerPoint template that, that showed it. But here we see, there's something vastly different. Um, so the greater you, in God's kingdom, the greater you are, the more you serve. So Jesus is the greatest of all time, so he serves the most. And this, I really like this quote too. It was not in spite of his greatness, but because of his greatness that Jesus served his disciples on that evening. So it's not, so because Jesus is so great, that's why he serves. The next, the next verse is one of the. It has been a. It's been one of those things where I have sometimes been a little bit. I just really didn't really totally understand what it meant. So it's actually good to to study a little bit and dig around and see. Okay, what is meant here? Um. So uh, let me let us read. 
So Luke writes, and this is, this is Jesus talking um, about what it means to be a servant, or if you have a servant. Will any of you who have a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come and recline at the table? No, wouldn't you rather say to him, prepare soap for me and dress properly and serve me and I will eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. So sometimes I, I think my confusion was like, well, that doesn't seem to be like Jesus. He's normally like really nice. And, but, but what is he trying to do here? Um, he's really just pointing out what it means to be a servant. He's also pointing out to us that when we follow Christ, we should never ever get proud or arrogant because we have done what Jesus said. No, we've just done our duty if we complete what he asked us to do. We can't be like, oh, I'm so great. I did what Jesus told me to do. No, we can't because we've just done what he asked, asked us to do. We will never make ourselves worthy of Jesus' love. It's his grace working in us and through us that makes his possible, that makes the work possible. So we cannot, cannot and should not be proud of that because it's Jesus' work through us. Okay, but now I'm just, uh, I, you might be like, oh, that's, that's a lot of things to just try to get. So uh, why don't you think with me? Why don't you think this journey through with me? What's my heart like? What's my heart like when, if I should serve and not be thanked? What's my heart like when I'm being taken for granted and maybe even treated badly or disrespected by people? Now I'm going to use myself as an example, but I would like you guys to just reflect on yourselves uh, not so much maybe about what I'm saying, but just take this time to go through in your mind how you react to different things. So I know I'm not a perfect servant. Uh, I would say that I pretty fast understood that the Christian leadership was not going to be like leadership in the corporate world. Uh, it was evident for me very fast that Leaders in the Christian, Christian leaders, they show up early, go home late. It's about serving Jesus and the people. Now that's a whole lot easier if you're having a good day with Jesus and you're close to him. Um, and so there's some different things about my personality. I'm okay with not having people telling me all the time that I'm doing a good job. I can serve, you know, a little bit unseen. That's not so much of an issue for me. There are some of you, which French and have a personality like my wife, that has a, has a bigger need. I was, I, she said I could say it, so no one else I wouldn't have said it. Uh, 
that has a bigger need for affirmation, acknowledgement of what is being done. And if you have that personality, you might also have, have a need so much that if nobody recognizes what you say, what you've done, you would say, you would tell other people if they didn't see it, which is a little bit of a fun part of that personality. Now, the thing is, we don't necessarily, we don't, we don't serve to be acknowledged. Again, we, we don't get our worth from that. But, I would say, that just like Jimmy said a month ago, creating environments of encouragement is super important. That when you are being served, that you communicate that to people. <coughs> that we don't treat people like they're not made in the image of God. I was just, this is just, uh, I was in Bozen over here, getting the bread. And sometimes it's embarrassing seeing how people treat the people at work there. There was this guy who was really being nasty and complained twice about something. And it wasn't even something he had the right to get. But the two very patient people that worked there, they just had to bite it, like bite their tongues because he was treating them badly. Guys, this is really not what I want for us. I really would want us to be a place where we encourage one another and also people we don't necessarily know. But at least we treat one another as we're made in the image of God. Um, those things are so good. Not, for me, the seeing those things are good to check my heart. Like, but do I treat people like that? Do I take people for granted? How do you even treat servants? Um, that's really where I just want to check my heart and also check our hearts. The aspect of serving that I find the hardest, it might sound a little bit dumb, is actually being treated like a servant. <laughs> so I'm okay, I'm okay serving in the dark, you know, people don't necessarily see I'm serving. But when people treat me like a servant, I don't really like that. I don't, be, I don't like being taken for granted either. And I can give you an example. Um, so in my work, I have no problem doing my work. I have no problem doing this, uh, cleaning the stairs, doing the things. What I do not uh, like very much is when somebody calls me up and tells me what to do and command me to do something. So it would go something like this. I'm doing something and they will call and they will be like, hey, you have to do this. In my mind, I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't have to do it. You can, you can tell me politely, if I would like to, maybe, Christian, I love you, would you maybe want to clean those stairs for us? That never happens. Uh, but but that, it just goes at the core of what, where my pride is just still really big. Um, it, it's a little bit funny because that's my job. It's my job. I, I can't, I mean, I can't say, to the customers, hey, you should treat me nicer. It's my job. But still, I rebel inside and be like, you should talk nicer to me. Well, why? Well, it's my pride that gets, gets the best of me. And in my mind, I'm like, 
I'm not your slave. And then Jesus would say, no, you're my slave. And I think maybe you can relate to this. In my line of work, the only time people talk to you is when something hasn't been done. So if we miss something, so the only thing we ever hear is complaints. Um, there's no thank yous. Um, there's no acknowledgement that sometimes uh, we save, we save, we save their face. Um, there's nothing like that. But the question would be for you and for me: What's my heart What's my heart's attitude of serving people in our fellowship? And I guess serving anybody in general. As I was reflecting, I have some limitations, and your limitations might be different. If I'm tired, it's not good. Uh, if I not had a good time with uh, Jesus that day, if I'm stressed, if I'm thinking too much, what 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 Taiwan was saying earlier, if your mind just keep going and going and going and going and going then it's hard to see other people. Uh, when I've forgotten who Jesus is. Then I've also forgotten who I am. I'm a cleaner, I'm a pastor, and I'm a slave or a bond servant of Jesus. When I don't stand in Jesus and in his identity, I will seek my own. I'll seek either revenge or seek to be good enough somehow then I want to be served and not to serve others I think there's some questions about whether it's even possible for us to serve one another and also serve people in general is there space in your calendar is there space in your day to be interrupted? Am I, am, am I or are you willing to adjust your, your schedule so there is time so you can serve? Some examples from this week, there was an old man that needed help. Um, we can just drive by. Sometimes I have these senses that I should pick up trash when I'm running, which is really annoying because I have to stop and pick it up. Um, it's kind of like when we talked about being generous if we if, if we use everything we have every month it's very hard to, to be generous if we create space in, our, space in our budget we have an easier time to be generous for us to be able to serve one another we need to create space in our day and also in our, in our month and in our year with a space to serve one another. Now I have this uh, verse that maybe you have been hearing me say but I haven't read it yet. So Paul he writes to Romans, For when you were a slave of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruits were you getting? at that time from the things in which you are now ashamed. 
For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and becomes, have become slaves of God, the fruit, excuse me, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and in its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of, gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some people have said it this way, you can choose whose servant you will be, and who, you can choose whose servant you will be, but no matter what, you will be a servant. Good thing about being a servant of God, a servant of God or a slave of God, is that the free gift we have in Christ Jesus is eternal life with Him. That's very opposite of being the slave of sin that leads to death. But what about you? Do you have a servant's heart? Do you have servant's eyes? Can you see where you can serve? Do you have that servant's attitude? I cannot give it to you. And you cannot just, I want it. But you can pray. You can pray to God that he will give you a servant's heart, servant's eyes, that you'll be able to see others that, you, that need help. Now I have a little bit of a parenthesis here, just for the parents and for other people. Serving people is not always doing what they want you to do. As parents, you know, as the children grow, you have to give them more and more responsibility. They have to dress themselves, they have to do different things. So serving is doing, is doing the right thing. It's helping. Therefore, enabling behavior is not helping. Also, if you're in a relationship where somebody needs to take responsibility to themselves, then serving in those instances will be confronting those behaviors and saying, I'm serving you now by telling you this. I'm not doing this for you because I love you. The interesting thing about serving is it's, it's pretty simple. It's just seeing where we can serve. Then when we talk about a little bit of this, when I am served or when you are served, are we good at expressing gratitude? Are we good at saying thank you for serving? Encouraging people that are serving. Um, because I would like to be as opposite of the people I met at Suhosen, where everybody, why don't you serve me? And Amazon, like, but the opposite to that being, hey, thank you, thank you for serving. Um, there's a blessing in serving, but there's many blessings. Where is it that leads to eternal life? But also something here from this verse. From Luke 12. This comes after the other Luke passage that we talked about. And it talks about when Jesus is coming back. While the servants that are awake. And so he says. Blessed are those whose servants whose master will find them awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service. Have them recline at the table and come and serve them. If he comes in the second or third watch and finds the way, 
Blessed are those servants. This is a fantastic quote. Servanthood is part, is part of the eternal character of God. The reward of servanthood is becoming like our master for all eternity. So we see that in the essence of who God is, because he's the greatest of everyone, he's the one who serves the most of everyone. What does that mean? Well, that means when we serve, serving is becoming more like Christ. And then the crazy part is that apparently in some way Jesus will come and serve us when he comes back. Now I have this I have this verse here which is a fantastic great verse. And uh, just and it just it's just an it's such an encouragement for Paul to the Philippians and to us today. What kind of attitude are we supposed to have? Now we've learned all these things about serving. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So he's already saying, have this mind. But how can we have this mind? Well, he says, because in Christ, as we talk about the third or fourth time, we are in Christ. So in Christ, we can actually have this mind. Because we know, born, we don't have this <coughs> Reborn in Christ, we can have this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he empties himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in a human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every name should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. What an encouragement from Paul. As we go around thinking, I don't know if I see people that I can serve. I don't know if I really have a servant's heart. My calendar is way too full. I can't serve people. Well, Paul just said, you can have this mind because if you are in Christ, you can have this mind where you want to serve because Jesus has served you so much. It's interesting. This verse is talking about being a servant, being obedient. So we're talking about just as the parents, accepting to be parents, the duty for us is to serve our children because they cannot serve. As we become Christians, our duty and hopefully joy is to serve God and one another. I would say we can only do this if we have the mind of Christ. So that's what Paul is encouraging us to do. And then I have you. So I have you. Uh, I have the characteristics to Christians for you. There's a lot, so I don't know. If, oh, they are already posted on Facebook because I can't send them out because of the GPB rules. But uh, you can find them on your on the Facebook site. So as you're thinking about these things, 
The concept of servanthood is basically is the basic practice of koinonia. What does that mean for you in your everyday life? The question is, is serving an option? Or is it really about being obedient? It was not in spite of his greatness, but because of his greatness that Jesus served his disciples on any day. Just think about that. A servant is not greater than his master. What does that mean for us in our lives? Is it okay to be proud about my servant? Whose slave or servant am I or you? What do you serve? How has Jesus served you? Are you good at thanking and encouraging people that serve you? Like most servants, not servants, like most servants, the frustration part, frustrating part of a person like me is no matter how well I speak, no matter how bad I speak, I cannot change my own heart and I cannot change your heart. But God can. Jesus can. As you pray, as you read scripture, as you read the if you read this chapter, meditate on those passages that talk about serving. As you listen to God and just take small steps, steps of mundane serving, then God is calling you to become more like Jesus in serving. The good news, I, have, I, I alluded to it one time before, is that the good news, it takes no specific gift, no specific skill. Everyone can serve. We're invited in to serve, to become more like Christ. And you know what? In Christ, we can all join the fellowship of serving and become more like Jesus. Amen. God, we thank you for this time together. We humbly come before you and just ask you to mold our hearts. Break things we need to have broken in our pride, arrogance, selfishness that we have from being small, screaming that we want the world to serve us. Lord, help us to understand how much you've served us, Jesus. Help us see. Help us be so grateful. Lord God, help us to see how you're calling us in to serve. How you're calling us to be more like you. So just ask for me that you'll make that more and more real every day. Open my hearts and eyes to see those moments where I can serve. Today, as we specifically talk about our fellowship, help us see that. Help us act on it. Lord, help us, even when we serve you well, to be humble and grateful that we're doing it because you have already changed our hearts and minds. God, may we even be as bold to have opportunities to serve people so we can share the good news. May we even have, we even have boldness to share and to serve people that we don't necessarily feel like we should. May we do it out of a great love for who you are and for the great joy of the verse. 
every knee will bow and confess to the glory of God. So we thank you for this time in Jesus' name.